Cubs general manager Carter Hawkins joins us now on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Hello, Carter. How are you? I'm doing outstanding. How are you guys doing? We are doing pretty great. Uh, overall, I know that this series in Colorado is not what you guys would have wanted to have happen, but overall, how happy have you been with what you've seen your team do after the All-Star break? Yeah, actually, it was. I was talking to Rossi yesterday, and you know, I was like, "Hey, obviously, these last seven games weren't weren't too fun." But on the other hand, like I think back to July seventeenth, we met with ownership and we're talking about where the team was. I think we were like forty three and fifty at the time, and I think Fangraphs pegged us at you know six percent chance of six point three. Yep, it was six point three percent that day. There you go. And, you know, in the, the beginning of the year, right, every external place in, in the world told us that we were a 76-win team. And, you know, so it was not looking like there was going to be a bunch of fun stuff going on this uh, this fall. And, you know, fast forward to today, and, you know, I think the team has played better than maybe anybody but the Orioles and Dodgers from that point on. Maybe that's just by one game or so. And we're looking at some really fun two weeks of baseball coming up here in Chicago. and. Teams played extremely hard under a lot of pressure, and yeah, I mean, you take the macro look at that. It's uh, it's exciting time to be a Cub. It's exciting time to be a Cubs fan, and uh, just really pleased with the direction of the organization. We had Rossi on a couple days ago, and and I, I think he made a really great declarative statement about, look, we're we're not developing players. We're trying to to make the playoffs. I was wondering, Carter, how do conversations go then? when you bring up a player like Canario or PCA, when you're talking to them about what their role is on this team as it pertains to their individual development? Yeah, I mean, I think you talk to, to any player when they come up about what their role is going to be, whether that's Miles Mastroboni, whether that's Pete, whether that's Canario. Those things change, you know, on a dime with injuries or, or other moves that happen, but we certainly have those conversations constantly so guys have an understanding of, of what they're going to be doing. So... You know, for Canario, for instance, it's, hey, you're going to be a bat off the bench, but, you know, we have a lot of guys in a pretty a pretty set order at this point. And so, hey, look, there might be some pinch hit opportunities for you, potentially a start, but you also might be sitting for a long time. And you might need to, to make sure you're getting your timing off of, you know, our machines and in other ways and, and just try to soak in as much as you can. With Pete, it was, hey, like you're going to come in late for defense. You might get some start against some right-handers, maybe a start against some lefties. The fact that, you know, Candy ended up going down made it a little bit easier for him to play this weekend. And, you know, but, hey, like your focus here is to to make sure you're locked in with Willie Harris and Nanny Green and help us win any baseball game we can. That's our focus here for the next two and a half weeks. So I, I guess the short story is, is you know, we talk about that well before we bring the players up and then we connect with the player when he comes up and, and Rossi and the staff talk to the player about that role and, we go out and try to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. And, uh, yeah, it's been uh, been fun with these young guys, but certainly the focus right now is just winning every day. Is Crow Armstrong a major leaguer now, or is this part of the process of determining his place on next year's roster? I mean, I'm not sure exactly how to answer the question. Like, yes, he's a major leaguer. We, we are feeling confident that he can help us win more baseball games. Right now, in, in the crux of a playoff race, obviously, if you think about 2024 going forward, he's a huge part of our future. There's so many decisions and so many variables that play into what's going to happen coming out of spring training. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, much less, much less six months from now. 
Um, so I just know he's a part of our future and, and will continue to be. And I guess would that be the desire? Is the desire that he plays well enough to say, look, he's he's staying. That this is this is what we wanted. This was the right time for him. And you can at least go into spring training saying, yeah, he's he's part of our major league team. Yeah, I mean, I, certainly we want him to play play really well, and certainly we want him to, to be a part of our team as soon as possible. I don't know that these two weeks are going to be determinative of that. I think that's more about all the things that are happening around him. He can focus on having a great offseason, focus on learning as much as he can this, this two weeks with the experiences that he can have. It's going to help him. Um, but, yeah, I don't think this is a make or break for, for 2024 for him right now just to focus on 2023. Carter, what's the latest on Marcus Stroman? So Stroh's out in Arizona. Um, so coincidentally, obviously, we're going out to Arizona as a team, so he'll be with the team this weekend. Uh, he's thrown several bullpens, several live BPs, and we need to make a decision on the, the best time to, to get him active for us. But he's definitely champing at the bit to, to get there, and um, that's a good thing. You know, when, when a player's starting to say, hey, I'm ready, I'm ready to rock and roll, uh, that usually means that they're ready to compete, and um, that'll be the decision we'll have to make here over the next day. How many starts? Wait, let me just say thank you for saying champing and not chomping at the bit. That it, it is a little thing that that means so much to me. I get that the absolute. That was, that was just for you. Oh, was gold, just, for you. just a gold star for that. Thank you. All right, now Thank can you. I get back to I the baseball, it. please? Uh, all right. So, 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 Carter, how many starts would it take? Because I mean, you're running out of time for starts. Would it take for you to feel confident to send? Marcus out there in a playoff situation? Uh, not many. You know, I mean, he's got a, a pretty strong track record. It's really about if he's physically in the place to, to be able to, do, to have the delivery and the stuff profile and the command profile that, that we're accustomed to. But, you know, his, his foundation is pretty set. If he's healthy and he's able to, to repeat the way that he's been able to repeat in the past, yeah, I think your, your confidence on that goes up pretty quickly. So, um, you know, our best team is, is one with Marcus Stroman on it for, for sure. And, you know, I think that there's a, a great shot that he can help us here in the next couple of weeks and, and into October, hopefully. Is it just me? And I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but it feels like the Cubs are using the stolen base more. And I think the running game can be a real weapon for this team because you've got a lot of guys who have good and even especially in in the run stealing environment right now to to try to energize an offense that sometimes needs it has that been discussed as far as base paths and risk calculation because I don't I, I have no problem with with more stolen base attempts. Yeah, I mean you're you're solving for more runs, right? And so having a runner on second versus runner on first usually puts you in a better position to get more runs but not if you only have a 10% of chance of getting to second. So, yeah, there's there's some calculations there. Now, you know, Napoli's not sitting at first base with an Excel spreadsheet, uh, but at the same time, he's, he is thinking about, you know, and our staff is thinking about what's the best time to, to take a risk or not take a risk. And, you know, for some guys, it's not that much for risk, right? You know, Nico's percentage uh, of successful steals is really, really good, and then others as well. So, yeah, when you don't have a lineup that's, you know, playing for the three-run home run all the time, Getting runners to move up the bases is is really beneficial, and especially in this environment with the bigger bases and the lack of throwovers and the pitch clock and all those different things. Um, it's uh, something we try to take advantage of and think our staff and our players have done a good job of it. How do you explain the the turnaround that Seiya Suzuki has had? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's 
the part of baseball that makes it so fun, right? And that, you know, we can have all of these predictions. We can have all of these models, algorithms, all of these, you know, people talking about if a player is good, not good, bust, not a bust. And, you know, really it takes a player just finding his comfort level, finding his contact point, just relaxing a little bit. And all of a sudden he starts to to play into the talent that everybody knew he had. And, and, you know, he had to remember that he had. And, you know, I think that's what we've seen with say ever since he took that little break. I think he kind of reset himself, basically figured out, hey, like I'm strong. I can hit the ball a long way. I don't need to think about this more than I'm already thinking about it. I'll take an easy approach, get the ball out in front. If it's a ball away, I'll hit it away. If it's a, a off speed, I'll hit it a long way down the down the pole side. And he's done that. So it's uh, it's exciting that he's that he's kind of loosened up a little bit, and um, looking forward to seeing that for several more years here at Wrigley. Let's talk bullpen with Adbert Alzali out and a lot of decisions to be made. You've got Wisniewski in there who sometimes looks absolutely brilliant and other times hittable. We know that the Drew Smiley's curveball properly deployed can be devastating. And I'm also curious about what the analytics are currently saying about Mark Leiter Jr. and the control command of a split finger pitch that isn't showing the whiff rate that it did earlier. What is the best way to sort of husband these bullpen resources without Adbert? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's been a tough run for our guys. Um, just from a standpoint of a plan every day, we just finished 14 games in 13 days. It's been a lot of one-run games. So our bullpen, especially our high-leverage bullpen arms, have been used a ton because we had to use them a ton. Um, and so, you know, it's really about, you know, their arrest and recovery. And when they're rested and recovered, they're, they're really, really good when they have to be thrown all the time. It's just, it's just harder. And that's something that we're constantly monitoring. But at the same time, we're, we're not going to sit guys if, if we really have a chance to bank a win. So I think for all of them, um, this off day, hopefully will be a, a big help. And, you know, I think we got a little bit of a reset over the course of the last few days where we haven't had our high leverage guys throw quite as much. But feel really good about the guys that we have towards the back end, even with Advert, you know, on the shelf right now. And and Merriweather has been really, really good and, and shown that he can handle that that late inning situation. And so is lighter, you know, over the course of the year. And, you know, I think it's easy to, to get really caught up in, in small samples and, and recency. But, you know, we take a step back and say, hey, this, this pitcher is a good pitcher. He's had been a good pitcher the entire year. A guy like Mark Leiter, we have a lot of confidence in him. And, you know, we'll, we'll put that confidence in him over the course of the next few games. A little micro and macro on this question for you, Carter. What do you think – the season that Justin Steele has had says about scouting and developing of pitchers and his, what has it been like to enjoy him now being one of the favorites to win the Cy Young in the national league? Yeah, I think on the development of pitchers, it's the, you know, it's not linear, right? Like, and, and you go back and, you know, you, you look at the reports on, on Justin Steele from years ago and, there was nobody saying that he was going to be a number one starter, that he was going to be an ace, he was going to be a Cy Young contender. There's guys saying that they liked him. There's guys saying that he was going to be a bullpen arm because he didn't really have a third pitch. There was really tough years. There was Tommy John surgery. There was you know, uh, short outings last year and you know just really difficult conversations about the things he needed to do. And there's also been some some really really big highs here over the course of the last year. But the short story is. You know, it takes a diligent process. It takes a player like Justin that is bought into that process. It takes the work that he put in. He moved his family out to Arizona, worked the entire offseason to get himself in a position to be able to log innings 
and really utilize the stuff that he has, that two-pitch mix that he has. He's been unbelievable. And it's not because of just one offseason. It's because of a, you know, a 10-year process that he's put in. So what does it show? It shows you know we don't know much, but if we have a really good plan in place and a player that can actually buy into that plan, you, you have a chance to tap into his talent. And it's been so fun just knowing all of the different people that have touched him along the way the success that he's had and couldn't have happened to a better teammate and a better uh, better pitcher for the Cubs. During our conversation with Carter Hawkins, we'd like you to consider supporting Pause Chicago. Pause Chicago's mission is to build no-kill communities, end overpopulation of homeless animals, and transform animal welfare. In 2022 alone, Pause Chicago found new homes for 4,629 dogs and cats and saved over 98% of the animals that entered the program. Carter, I wanted to ask you, this is something I I always like to picture. How have you learned to watch Cubs games as the general manager in a way that befits your mental health? Everyone has their own... Uh, no, I'm serious, because I, I, I love no, asking, because every, everybody's got their own way of doing it. I know some people run on a treadmill, other people like to you know, stand and pace. Do you have a routine? I do, and it's a great question. You know, I think on a general sense, I, I tell my wife all the time, like, it's 162 games, there's going to be some really high moments, there's going to be some really low moments. Like, don't ride the highs, don't ride the lows. And I've done a really good job of not riding the highs, not as good of a job of not riding the lows. That's, that's harder. It's harder not to, to feel like the sky is falling at different points during the year. You know, we talked about on July 17th, it felt like the sky had you know, fallen or at least uh, wasn't, wasn't going up anytime soon. And so it's hard. And you know, obviously in, in my role and in Jed's role, there's so many things happening on a day-to-day basis. Like the end of the spear, the, the tip of the spear is the major league team, but there's our scouting process, there's our draft process, there's our international scouting process, there's our development process, there's all the things that we're doing and focus on a day-to-day basis. So you have to stay locked into that. But at the end of the day, there's a game that you watch, and it's, for like it or not, it's an indicator of how things are going uh, at that tip of the spear. And, and for me, a lot of times it's, yeah, it's working out during the games. Um, I'll try to do that over the first couple innings when we're when the team's at home. Um, that's just a nice, nice time to get that in. And then uh, when I'm at home uh, on a away game that I might not be on, it's watching it with my wife and just trying to make sure that, you know, I'm having as, as much quality time with her as I possibly can because in a job like ours, you know, that just comes few and far between. So anything I can do to kind of infuse her into my day-to-day is, is a win for me and a win for her. So that provides some balance. Uh, it's not easy, but, I mean, we got we got awesome jobs. It's super fun, and I got no no place to complain. Take her to a movie. Go see a show. Go 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 get, a, get, get some Italian. Do something. Well, off night tonight, we are going to go get some Italian. So All there right. you go. We're oh, nice. There you go. Oh, that's very nice. <laughs> 